0: Well,
1: happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that was Caleb and Faith Ann Gustamante, brother and sister. Phenomenal job. Those guys, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, we are so glad that you're here today. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors around here at LifePoint. You know, Mother's Day for many of you is a good day. You're happily married, or you have kids, you like your kids they like you, or so you think, you know, or you hope, you'd like to believe, M- your mom is living, and you have a good relationship with her, M- Mother's Day is a good day uh, for you, and so we celebrate that with you guys, but I know that for uh, other ladies in the house today, and even some men today, Mother's Day is a bittersweet day. Um, frankly, for some of you, you you don't have children because you're not married, but Maybe some of you would like to be married and Mother's Day is a reminder of your your marital status and how you're not happy with that. Others of you are married and you don't have children. And some of you, you chose not to have children, so that's good. But for those of you who want to have children and can't, that's not good. That's not okay. Um, Then there are some of you here this morning who are single moms. And by the way, we champion our single moms here. Can we just give them all a hand? They are heroes. (laughs) Heroes. Single dads will get to you on Father's Day, but single moms today is your day. Man, you guys are heroes and you're making it happen and we're just, we're proud of you and we celebrate you. And, but, but maybe today is a little bit of a different kind of a day than it is for some other folks. And maybe you feel a little bit lonely because let's face it, our kids are awesome, but dads carry Mother's Day. Come on, come on, am I right? Thank you, thank you. Three dudes helped me out here today. appreciate you guys leaving a brother hanging. There's ladies behind me. They don't have my back right now. (laughs) Um, Some of you, um, you may have lost your mom recently or in the past few years or maybe a long time ago. And so whenever Mom's Day rolls around, it's just a reminder of the void in your life, the hole in your heart. Um, And then there are some of you here today, I know some of you here today who've who've lost children um, recently. And I can only imagine how you're feeling right now today. Regardless of what your story is, regardless of your current circumstance, we just want to say to all of the ladies in the house today, we love you, we honor you, and um, we're for you. Now, here's the thing. Um, as one mom said, if, if motherhood was going to be easy, it wouldn't have started with something called labor. Can I, can I get an Amen. <laughs> So wherever you're at on the continuum, we want to honor you today, and we are so um, honored to have three fantastic mothers here behind me who will be speaking to us today, all three of them in different sort of seasons of life as it relates to motherhood, and I want to just say a quick uh, hello to them and, and introduce you to them. This is Jillian Benfield right here, ladies and gentlemen. Give her a big hand real quick. Yeah. Jillian is the mother of three. She has an amazing story, which she's gonna be sharing a little bit of this morning. She also has a blog called jillianbenfield.com. I encourage you to go check it out. Fantastic writings, fantastic uh, wisdom there on motherhood, on, on marriage, on uh, life. Check that out. Also my own wife right here in the center, Rachel Rivers. Give it up for her real fast, Yes. And finally, the one and only Malia Randolph, everybody. Give it up for Malia Randolph. <laughs> Collectively, they are going to just share a little bit of insight um, about Jesus and his mother, Mary, and her various seasons of life. And to get us started, uh, Jillian Benfield's coming right now. Uh, would you give her a big hand one more time? Jillian Benfield, everybody.
2: Hi, Good morning. I want to start with the very first part of Mary's story. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Luke 1:28. That's Luke 1:28. The angel went to her and said, "'Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you.' Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You are to conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus.'" Now I know what some of you are thinking right now, why are we talking about Christmas in May? Well, I will admit having three children under the age of five has in fact given me mumbling, that's true, but I am aware that we are a ways off from Christmas. But I wanna start with this very first part of the Christmas story because I think there's a point here that is sometimes overlooked and that's this. Mary had a difficult and unexpected call to motherhood. She was human, and I'm sure in these very first moments, she had to have thought, I can't do this, and maybe even, God, I don't want to do this. I'm here this morning because I also had an unexpected and difficult start to motherhood. Our unexpected journey started when uh, we were 26. My husband had just finished dental school and the Air Force sent us to Las Vegas for a one-year dental residency. And we had the best year of our lives. And then May 8th, 2014 rolled around. And my phone was glued to my hand because this was the day. This was the day we had been waiting for because we had had such a fantastic first year in the military. We thought that our military life was just going to continue to be this one magical adventure. Those are the military people laughing right there. Um, So this was the day we were going to find out and my phone rings and it's my husband. And he says, very flatly, we got Holloman Air Force Base. (laughs) She knows, she knows, but I didn't know. So I said, Andy, where is that? And he said, Alamogordo, New Mexico. And there was a long silence. Um, the long silence, for those who haven't been to Alamogordo, has anyone been besides this one lady up here? <laughs> a few people, okay. So you understand why the long silence. Um, and that's because there's, there is a lot of natural beauty to Alamogordo, but that's about it. Um, To give you an example, there's not even a Target in Alamogordo. So it goes without saying that there was not a TV news station in Alamogordo. And at the time, I was a TV news anchor and reporter. And so not only was this magical journey we had dreamed up in our head crushed that day, my career was over. And so I cried big, fat tears. And who did I cry to? Anyone? Mom. I called mom multiple times that day, and after probably about the fifth phone call and hanging up, I just had this strange feeling that I could not shake. And after months of trying to conceive our first child, we found out that same day that we found out we were going to Alamogordo that we were unexpectedly expecting our second child. And I thought, okay, God, okay, God, I see you, I see you, I see what you're doing. You're telling me you want me to be a stay at home mom, okay. I thought I had it all figured out. Well, eight days after arriving to Alamogordo and after crying more fat tears because there's only one road that goes through Alamogordo and (laughs) the only thing that's on that road is fast food restaurants. Um, I don't know why a town that size needs two Sonics but apparently people in Alamogordo do. It was time for my 20 week ultrasound. And I noticed that during the ultrasound it's taking a long time And then I noticed that it's taking a really long time. An ultrasound technician gets done and a nurse walks in and she says, well, everything must be great because the doctor's not here. And as soon as she said those words, he walked in. He said to my husband and I that there were several markers on the ultrasound that indicated something was genetically off and that I needed further testing. So about two weeks go by. And my phone is once again glued to my hand because I know that the results are coming. And it's my husband again. And this time he tells me that the doctor was right and that something was genetically off. And I just remember throwing my phone on the kitchen counter. And I remember my heavy 22 week body just falling on the kitchen floor. And my mom was still there because we were still unpacking boxes. And she came and sat on the kitchen floor with me and hugged my neck. And I just kept saying the words, oh no, 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 oh no. They just kept coming because I was in a total state of shock. My husband came home, and we gathered ourselves enough to get to the doctor's office. And the doctor told us that our son had Down syndrome. And so, I asked what any parent in that situation would ask, which was, well, what does this mean for his life? And he said, oh, well, at worst, he'll never be able to feed himself. And at best, he'll mop the floors of a fast food restaurant one day. And then he went on to say, but uh, don't worry, don't worry, you don't have to be a hero. If you decide to keep the pregnancy, you can still have the baby here, and we'll just keep him comfortable but we don't have to do anything to intervene. We don't have to do anything that would save his life. You see, what he was saying was that we could just let our son die. And what he was really saying during that entire conversation was that he didn't think that our son had a life worth living. So I grieved like a death had taken place. Everything was devastatingly bleak, I remember the nights were okay because I was pregnant after all and exhausted and I could normally fall asleep pretty easily. But then morning would come and I remember that summer sun just coming in our new house windows and I would just be hit with our reality all over again and the tears would start and they did not stop. I remember one day after finally getting out of bed, which was the hardest thing that I did every day, um, I got into the shower and my mom noticed that I was taking a really long time. And she came in and she pulled a chair into the bathroom and she sat me down and she brushed my hair for me because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was a relatively new Christian at the time My husband and I, just two years prior to this, um, took a nine-month-long intensive Bible study course, and that's being a journalist, that's where I really came to faith, was investigating the Bible for myself, and I remember during these really dark days asking God, why God? Why me? I believe in you now and now this, and I have to wonder in these very first moments with Mary and the angel if she had to feel just a little bit like this. Think about it. She had to tell her fiance that she was pregnant and he would know the baby was not his. She knew that this could end in a broken engagement. And if you look at scripture, it almost did. She had to have thought, why me? And I wonder, I wonder what that must have felt like. But... She said, and we have to wonder what happened, what got her through that time, right? And we can look at scripture and we know a couple of things. We know that she leaned on her cousin Elizabeth and then she eventually leaned on her fiance Joseph and she said yes to this unexpected call to motherhood. But I wonder if she had to feel abandoned all over again during the last part of her pregnancy when she had to make that eight to 10 day journey to Bethlehem by way of donkey, while nine months pregnant, right? Like when I'm nine months pregnant, like don't even ask me to do the laundry. Like the whole shop is closed because everything hurts when you are nine months pregnant, right? But she did it. She did what needed to be done in order to say yes to this unique, difficult call to motherhood. So what pulled me out? People, time, realizing that God does not in fact promise us a problem-free life and that what he does promise us is that he never leaves us during our problems. And once I started realizing that, I started feeling his presence again and I started saying yes to this unexpected call to motherhood. Yes, God, I will research heart surgeons to perform open heart surgery on my baby. Yes, God, I I will research the legal system the best that I can so that my son can get the best education alongside his typical peers and not segregated in a separate classroom. And no, doctor, my son will not be born at your hospital with a medical team who apparently doesn't think that he has a life worth living. Absolutely not. And yes, God, I will use the gifts that you've given me to raise awareness that our son is not, in fact, living a less than life, and neither are we. It's just a different life. And you can read about that awareness on jillianbenfield.com. Please follow me on Facebook. (laughs) In all seriousness though, three years later, we cannot imagine our lives without our son Anderson. He has totally changed our hearts. You can see why. (laughs) He has changed the trajectory of our lives in ways that are good. But that doesn't mean things are always easy. And in fact, things with Anderson are often more difficult. People love to tell us, oh, kids with Down syndrome are always so happy. And he is, and he's also not. (laughs) He's stubborn, and he's strong-willed, and he's a joy, and he's ours. And it's our job to raise him to leave us one day. It's our job to raise him to get him to a point in his life where he will one day say, I know what the world says about me, but I know what God says about me, and that is that I am loved and I have something to give this world. That's our job. I imagine raising the Messiah wasn't always easy, right? Like, let's all try putting that weight on our shoulders for a second. Like, I know I just said all these big picture, future things about Anderson, but let's face it, in this phase, I'm really just trying to make sure he makes it to see the next day. I imagine it wasn't easy, But imagine if Mary had said no, right? What was she missed out on? What we all would have missed out on. We make a mistake when we think that being blessed by God means living a life of bliss. Don't you think Mary was blessed by God? Yeah, she was. But her life was not one of bliss. It was difficult. It was full of challenges. You might be sitting here thinking, what does this have to do with me? I'm not raising a kid with a disability, and I am certainly not raising any saviors in my household. (laughs) Well, maybe for you, you thought you would be a stay-at-home mom, but finances require you to work outside the home. Or maybe for you, you're a working mom and you like working, but you are constantly feeling that pull and tug between work and home. Or maybe for you, your partner left. Or maybe you're just raising a kid who is more strong-willed than you could have ever imagined. Whatever it is, whether you have a story that's out of the ordinary like mine or not, there is likely something about this first part of motherhood that came about unexpected, right? Like nobody can prepare you for the sleepless nights or the monotony of little kids' schedules or let's just face it, the general grossness that comes with toddlers, right? Like it's a good thing they're cute because the things that come out of them, there is not a parenting book in the world that can prepare you for that, whatever it is that you're dealing with big or small there's likely something unexpected so what do we do we look to Mary we lean on our people and we look to God and we say God I was not expecting motherhood to look like this but use me anyways guide me God help me to raise this person to be not who I imagine them to be but who you want them to be Help me to keep saying yes over and over again to this unexpected call to motherhood. Thank you, guys. Rachel Rivers is going to come up and continue Mary's journey.
3: Thank you, Jillian. That was awesome. Um, Before I get started, can I just say that Every time I prepare a talk or a message, um, I have so much more respect for our pastor. <laughs> this is not an easy task, and he gives us his all every single week. Um, the, the commitment and preparation he takes to do this week in and week out is, is, is definitely a task. So thank you so much, Pastor Danny, and I'm glad it's you up here every week and not me. Um, but in saying that, when I accepted the invitation to speak today, I, um, I was really looking forward to the opportunity, and in all transparency, Since then, I have really struggled um, with just preparing, preparing for the message, and I questioned everything from the content to my ability as a speaker, and, you know, I'm not a writer, I'm not a blogger, I'm not a speaker, and the list went on and on, and I just simply kind of started feeling like I wasn't enough, enough for the, the task, and I think one of the reasons I struggle and one of the reasons we all struggle is we can tend to compare ourselves to others. You know, we can get on... Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media you like to get on. And we can start looking at other people and we can compare ourselves. You know, she's close to my age and she's an amazing speaker and she's a great pastor's wife. Or maybe it's that, you know, this person is a great mom. They do all these amazing things with their kids and they pack them organic lunches and cut their sandwiches in heart and star shapes and you know, um, they've, they just seem really confident and they've achieved all these amazing things at their age. And then there's me. And I don't know about you, but I have battled with feeling like I'm not enough throughout my life in different situations. And situations may be different with you, um, but I'm sure you have as well. And it was in that moment of feeling like I wasn't enough when God quickly reminded me of the very girl I was preparing my message for, Mary. And Mary was just a girl when the angel said to her in Luke 131 that she would conceive and give birth to Jesus. Mary could have made the list of reasons right there uh, why she wasn't enough and why she wasn't the right person for the job. She could have said, you know, I'm not even a mother and you, you, you want me to raise a child or don't you want someone with more experience? don't you want someone who has been a wife before and maybe has some money to take care of this child? Or how about some theological training? I mean, you're asking me to raise the son of God, right? She could have said, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not enough. But instead she put aside who she wasn't and she remembered who she was. And Mary shows shows us this in scripture over and over again. She, She knew who she was. And she focused on that. And a few verses later, she says to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. See, Mary saw herself as God's chosen one. And, and then she goes on to write this song. It says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, generations will call me blessed. See Mary started out saying that for now generations would call her blessed. She knew she was blessed. She knew she was highly favored, but then she she switches gears and she goes on to talk about the greatness of God and the great things that he had done, all the mighty deeds and how he'd extended mercy to those that feared him. See Mary knew who she was, but more importantly, she knew who God was. And instead of letting her assignment cause her to feel overwhelmed and focusing on all the reasons that she was all the wrong things, she accepted her calling. And so many times we question God instead of accepting what he has for us. And you think of all the ways that you've failed when you've tried it before and you just quit before you even start. Or maybe you mentally check out. And when you do that, not only do you cheat yourself, but you end up feeling bad about yourself. Maybe some anger builds up. And then you pull away from those people that care the most for you, pull away from those that you love and that love you, your friends at church, church completely, life groups. And you know what, when, you're, when that happens, you're exactly where the enemy wants you to be. He wants you to be in isolation. Because when you feel like you're not enough, it's because you're focused on who you are not instead of who God is. And when you feel that way, that's the exact moment that you should actually lean into God, right? That you should recall his past faithfulness and present strength and surround yourself with other believers, right? Because that's when you position yourself to receive that burst of encouragement that you need to keep going. And Mary showed us her strong example of knowing who she was and her confidence in God. She no doubt had to recall God's faithfulness throughout her life because her journey from start to finish was not an easy one, not at all but she kept trusting God, she kept leaning into him, and this was without a doubt transferred to Jesus. You know, the only time we really hear about Jesus in the middle years was when he was at the age of 12 in the temple, and in Luke 2 and 41, it starts out saying, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover, and when he was at 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. So basically they left. They were like a day later down the road before they even realized Jesus wasn't there. So I'm feeling pretty good about my parenting skills. So after three days, they found him in the temple and he was sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And I think they were astonished because wow, he's found. There he is finally, we got eyes on the kid. But I think they were also astonished because they were seeing him in his element. They saw that his, this maturity coming from him they hadn't seen before. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? We've been worried, we've been anxious. And he said to them, why, why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I was in my father's house? So you can see from this passage that Jesus already knew who he was at such a young age, right? He was like his mother. He was obedient to God's calling. He was now at the age where Mary had to start parenting him different. She was learning to let go. And... She had obviously started doing that because, you know, it was a whole day before she knew it was checked out. But I'm sure Mary questioned if Jesus was ready just in the same way that you and I questioned if our kids are ready for the next steps that they're taking. Mary was entering that new phase of motherhood where she was allowing Jesus the space he needed to just gain independence and make his own choices. And I can understand how she feels because I'm now in that phase of motherhood myself. I have Naomi who's 11 years old and I have Noel who's 14. And my oldest daughter has one foot in adolescence and she has one foot in adulthood and she still needs me in some areas, which I like. (laughs) But she's increasingly more independent and she's, you know, I'm having to balance myself on on where to involve myself and where to let go. And it's a constant struggle that I had to face head on at the beginning of this year when she started high school. So Noelle is my firstborn, so all of her first they're my first two, so she's my guinea pig kid. Sorry, Noel, but you are. So, um, in the weeks leading up to this big transition from middle school to high school, you know, I started thinking, man, what what do I need to say? How do I prepare her? What what should we do? She's never been in this place, and and she's going to be making choices that she's that carry more weight basically than they ever had before in her life. And so, we had countless talks, but how do I help her to understand that we make our choices? but then our choices make us. And I swallowed hard and I blinked back the tears as she stepped out of the car to begin this new journey and I didn't care how many cars were piled up behind me, I just kept watching her walk away (laughs) and she got smaller and smaller and all I could think and pray was for Noelle to remember who you are, to remember all those life lessons that we taught you, to not get caught up in the trap of comparison and uphold purity in your thoughts and actions Honor God with the words you say and you choose not to say, and keep a good attitude whether you win or lose, and to extend grace to others as God has extended grace to us. Because see, all I want for my girls is for they to remember who they are in God. And all of those lessons they've been taught as they head out into the world, whether it's my teenager going out with friends or my youngest going over to a friend's house for an afternoon play date, I want them to know and to remember they're a child of the almighty God and to live in that truth these reminders are not so they they reflect positively on me or my parenting because that's not it at all I want them to more importantly it to be a reminder for them to hold to the fact that we are part of God's family and hold that name in high regard because our name is worth something And the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and one, a good name is more desirable than great riches. And calling ourselves Christians, guys, it's a huge responsibility, right? Because Christ's name is part of our identity. And does this mean we never, our kids never mess up, they never let us down? Certainly not, because we, we mess up and we let people down, right? But I know my girls, they're not gonna get it right all the time. But if they're reaching for the right thing and things and focused on who God is instead of who they are not, then I think we have a good foundation. If we're pursuing a relationship with God as a family, if we're creating opportunities for them to grow in their faith, just like you guys, you're here today, you brought your kids, they're at kids point, they're plugged into youth group, they're plugged into a life group, then I think we're building a good foundation for them to grow and at that time, they will lean into God when things get tough and we need his guidance above all else. So moms, if you want your kids to remember who God is, then you need to follow Mary's example and remember who you are and who God is. So moms, you have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. You are loved and pursued by God. You are chosen and equipped with words of life. You are clothed in strength and dignity. You are gifted by the Spirit. You are forgiven and unbound. Moms, you are blessed and you are enough. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Malia Randolph is coming now to share a little bit more about the next phase of, of motherhood and more on letting go. And Malia just has so much wisdom. It's a real treat for her to speak to you today. Help me welcome Malia Randolph.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Well, good morning. Mac and I are parents of three grown children. And I don't know, maybe some of you out there uh, may know Mac, a.k.a. Mac Daddy. (laughs) Look, before I came out here in the first service, Mac said to me, he goes, look, if you're a little nervous, don't worry about it. Just picture me naked and you'll be fine. That is who I'm married to, okay? (laughs) Look, this is a great season. We have four grandchildren, aged four and under, and one on the way. We absolutely just love them, enjoy them, spoil them. Oh, it's just the best. We give them back, and we have zero responsibility. (laughs) Sometimes my kids will go, gosh, you never did that for us. And I'm like, duh, we like them better. (laughs) (laughs) But being grandparents, that's one of many perks of this season. But there are some challenges in this season. And I'm gonna call this a season of letting go. And I'm just gonna touch on very briefly three areas uh, of letting go that Mac and I have experienced. The first one is a letting go of control, okay. You've raised your kids, you've told them what to do, what to wear, what to think, what to eat. And you have created this safe environment for them. You have poured your wisdom into them, your life into them, pretty much all your money into them. And then, you know, you blink and it's, it's that quick, they're grown, they are like on their own, making their own decisions, self-sufficient, yes. But sometimes the transition can be a little difficult and there's some patterns and habits that are a little hard to break. Mary, she struggled with letting go a little bit of control. I love this story. It's one of my favorites and y'all all know it, I'm sure. It's Mary and Jesus and the disciples went to a wedding While they're at the wedding, you know, the host runs out of wine. And Mary goes up to Jesus. I'm going to take some liberty here. She says, Jesus, I've seen what you can do at the house. Just take care of this. (laughs) And Jesus says, woman, my time has not come yet. And Mary just looks around at everybody in the room, and she just says, do what he says. And she walks off. (laughs) And she is like in full control mode i can so so relate to that but you know what i love i mean he honors his mother he turns the water into wine great we we have his first miracle and that's awesome but the sidebar to this and i just love this is jesus put the host feelings above his own agenda that's what he does he's great So, letting go of control, let me just say this, it's a little easier said than done, Uh, coming from, I'm kind of a control freak. So, it it can be a little little tricky. The next one, I call this letting go of protection. And I would say, for me, I think, as a mother, this is the, the toughest. Look, your grown children are gonna go through some really hard difficulties and some struggles, either by their own circumstances are uh, circumstances or their own choices or circumstances beyond their control. They're gonna go through them. And as a parent, sometimes it's best to step back and not help them, not intervene or rescue. And this allows them to grow in their trust in God. This also gives us the opportunity To exercise our trust as we let go and just know and believe God's gonna take them through that struggle and He's with them. Look, we have always told our children it's not what you do, it's whose you are. You're His and you're loved by Him. We told our son Chase, You're like Joshua in the Bible, you're God's Joshua. He is with you in everything you do. Girls, my McKinnon Logan, never ever forget you were daughters of the Most High God. And out of that position and out of that identity of knowing that they are loved by God, they can go through any struggle and come out in victory. As a mother, I can tell you right now, I can't even imagine what Mary went through, how she felt when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But you know, three days later, he arose from the dead, and she got to witness the victory and God's promise for all of us. Ladies, God designed us to be nurturers and to be protectors of the home and I'm just saying that doesn't change even when they're grown the last one this is I call this letting go of position and in Mark chapter 3 verse 31 Jesus is ministering this man comes up to him he says Jesus your mother and brothers are at the door Jesus says who are my mother and brothers and he points to the disciples, and he goes, they are my brother, mother and brothers. And what I'm thinking there is he's making a distinction. He's putting them first. They're his family now. You know, the Bible gives us a beautiful picture of our relationship with Jesus. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. We're his family. And he puts us first first. We are first place in his heart. You know, I just, I liken that to my son, Jesus, I mean, to my son, um, Chase. He, when he married this wonderful girl, the Bible states, he leaves his mom and dad, cleaves to her, they become one, and he forms his own family. And that, and then he puts that family first. So our position has changed. Doesn't mean He doesn't love or honor us, He does. But He puts them first. And sometimes, honestly, that does take a little getting used to, okay? In this in this season, with the challenges of letting go of control, protect, protection, and position, look, there are mistakes made, and I can tell you I have definitely made my share. One time a few months ago, I was arguing with my grown daughter. And I was trying to tell her what to do. And she just wasn't receiving my wonderful guidance. And let's just fe- this just sort of fell out my mouth. I said, well, maybe I'll just die and you'll be better off. Well, okay, <laughs> it's official. I've become my mother. She was great, but she liked to throw out some guilt trips now and then. That being said, our family is far from perfect. Many years ago, when the kids were small, Mac and I were on the verge of divorce. And uh, our small children had seen and heard some things they shouldn't have and I thought, well, we've scarred him for life. And I felt like a failure as a mother. And I was at the lowest point in my life, you know, when Jesus shows up, because that's what he does. It says in his word, he is always close to the brokenhearted. And I was pretty broken. Look, this is for somebody here today. He spoke very, very clearly to me. He said, Malia, I am bigger than any mistake you've made. I'll take care of this. And you know what he did? My children, they don't, they don't even remember that dark time. Because you know what? He heals. And he restores not just what he does, that just is who he is. And this August, my husband and I, Mac, will be married 40 years. Oh, I was a child bride, okay? Thank you. Look, no parent is perfect. Mary, Mary one perfect, but isn't it great? that we have Jesus who is and he loves us more than we can ever imagine. He always wants the best for us and our children. And he is always, always working in our behalf. I'm going to close with this scripture. And this scripture just pretty much to me sums up this season of letting go. It's 2 Timothy 112. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed against him that day. Anything you can and will commit, let go and give to him, he can and will keep. Let's pray. Lord, I just... Uh, thank you so much for this special day and your presence here and Lord we just lift up all the mothers that are represented here I don't want to leave out one mother we lift up the mothers of babies we lift up the mothers toddlers teenagers grown children Lord, we lift up the single mothers. We lift up, up the mothers-to-be and the mother figures who, who care and love our children. And Lord, we just lift up the mothers here today that maybe their own mothers aren't with them and they're missing a minute and they're hurting. And Lord, we just right now give them to you and we just ask that you encourage their hearts and you comfort them in their pain, in their hurt. And Lord, any mother right now that is just overwhelmed, Lord, we just ask you to minister your strength and your peace. And Lord, we just just ask you to provide for their needs financially. Lord, just provide for all their needs. And Lord, as the angel came, and told Mary, you are highly favored. Lord, I ask that not one woman leave this place without knowing. She is highly favored and so loved by you. Thank you for this day, Lord, as we honor you by honoring our
1: mothers. I to add my voice here, God, that you would just bless every lady in this house, mother or not, that you would just bless them with wisdom and grace and strength, God, encourage, Lord, we come alongside every lady in this house, God. We are so grateful for their roles, the various roles they play, and we just pray for wisdom, God, as they, as they do those roles, God, that you give them blessings. And we pray over this day, God, not just for the ladies, but for the men as well, all of us, God. Lord, whatever our circumstances are, whoever we're missing today, God, whoever um, is is absent from our life, that we would have a good day, we'd have a blessed day. And that even as we remember our our, our families, our moms, God, we remember good and we remember the great things and we would honor them. Even if it's just in their memory, we'd honor them today, Lord. And I just pray your blessings and your strength and your goodness over all these folks in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a big hand clap real quick.